Welcome to another episode of In Your Business. I'm here with my co-host, Sean Kingsbury. What's going on, everybody? What an exciting day today. Sash, I'm just excited to talk to our first <laughs> guest here today. Honestly, this I will be a it. fun one. All right, so now we have a special featured guest today is Adam, a.k.a. Disco Jesus. Please finish that title for me, sir. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. This is Adam here, a.k.a. Disco Jesus Windsor, and I am proudly Windsor's premier theatrical drag performance artist celebrating my sixth anniversary next month. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's been a journey, including a pandemic. Yeah. Um, I'm a, <laughs> so it's been interesting. I'm arriving at this point where the amount of pandemic years I've been active have reached the same amount of years that I was performing and creating and producing and directing prior to pandemic and it's happy to have a number bigger than the pandemic years now yeah. I'm going on like four versus you know three so uh it's been a yin yang over this journey did you I've, start prior to the pandemic uh, yes i debuted uh october 21st 2017 taking over the uh one of the local uh downtown annual rocky horror picture show screenings yes. and drag shows so uh, Tim Curry, you were my gateway between musical theater background and drag, and I'm so grateful, and Rocky Horror means the world to me. Oh, what a classic. Awesome. That's a classic. Have you seen Rocky Horror? No, I've not. Oh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's, uh, when was that film made? Do you uh, know? I believe, uh, 70, uh, was the it 70s? 70? Yes, I have to double check. It's honestly hilarious I, I used to work film. at Bulkborn. I okay. have 4,000 codes still in my head, yeah. so sometimes dates and numbers flee me, but... Sure. Um, it's a it's a considered a cult classic, part of the um, Heather's a little shop of horrors, mm -hmm. um, Rocky Horror kind of like cult vault of film and yeah. uh, following, and uh, it's still going strong now all these years later. So they have like a Windsor show for Rocky Horror Picture Show. Now we have um, the show I uh, direct and produce uh, downtown for the last um, uh, uh, seven Rocky Horrors with Villains Bistro, where I debuted oh, yeah. as uh, Disco. Uh, Disco Jesus originally, and we'll get into when I added Windsor officially to my stage oh, name I later. See. But that was my gateway. It was October 21st, uh, 2017. And now I'm expanding, and I'm very proud to be on my second year producing an interactive Rocky screening with Windsor International Film Festival. Interactive screening? Yes, where we perform on stage that? and in the crowd, and we do some drag uh, villainous medley uh, prior to the show. But we perform some of the most iconic numbers interactively on stage mm. and in the crowd. At the Chrysler Are you Theater. Volunteers? You could come throw rice and you could say all the the, uh, all the fun ones the, and stuff. Uh, the classic script. We encourage, you know, shouting all of that infamous cult mm -hmm. uh, movie dialogue. Yeah. It's nice to see films that still have this unspoken dialogue being passed down from generation to generation. And we still get people that show up that know every single word. I bet. Wow, it's great. Cool. Yeah. Because it's a musical or a movie and then musical adaptation, but there's all this dialogue that's even at times shouted out yeah. at the musical yes. performances of it, From not the just the screenings. Yeah. Awesome. Good so experience. Interactive means like you're just getting all the audience involved too? We're performing the numbers while they're on the giant silver screen behind us. Oh, you're performing it while the We are lip syncing. Is... You're lip syncing it? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Yes. Cool. That's so interact so fun. Interactive. This started out as a tradition of me coming out as Dr. Frankenfurter, you know, yeah. the cape and the stomping of the boots as Frankenfurter's coming down. Um, 
is uh, coming down the elevator before um, d delivering the epic performance of Sweet Transvestite. Yes. And delightfully confusing uh, and humoring everyone in the audience. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, man. And, um, and the film was meant to be something that was supposed to challenge uh, stereotypes and archetypes and, and social norms. So it's yeah. done that and more over its... Uh, its journey and it was specifically 19 uh it was 1975 i was off by a year please don't strike me down tim curry yes <laughs> um, save him so um <laughs> interactive by by meaning there's a live screening on a silver screen and we're doing lip sync numbers in the aisles and wow. also on the stage as Incredible. well to give another dimension as we're going into um a realm of uh, social media and even more technology how do we make performance come off the screen even more and that's mm -hmm. by having live performance with lots of lighting elements and cues and and technical um theatrical elements wow. which i love i love a good prop oh man and i love it's a gonna good be a lot of cue. fun yes yeah. <laughs> i never go anywhere without a lighting cue sheet <laughs> 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 to make it jump off the page and make yeah. it more interactive than just yeah. you popping in the dvd or the vhs at home yourself. yeah when is that uh planned for that's when is it? When is that? Yeah. Uh, that will be that particular screening with my second year collaborating with uh, with Windsor International Film Festival will be uh, Saturday, um, October 28, 2023 um, at the uh, Chrysler Theater. And we're looking at a screening probably somewhere after 930, 10 p.m. when okay. the schedule's finally out. Wow, that'd Sweet. be interesting. Yeah. I'll tell my girlfriend. She might be wanting to go to that. Oh, I also I have, the, I also have my yeah. um, show this year, which is uh, very exciting. This is my first cycle of, of disco where my anniversary is falling on my Rocky Horror Picture Show mm. date. Do you have so like October a big production 21st. planned and stuff? Oh yeah, oh, like fuck I, yeah. I, oh yeah, like it's last, gonna be wild. Like last oh, year, last year I performed and I and I set a guitar on fire with 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 your breasts. Uh, no, with your breast we'll sparklers. Get, we'll get to that. But I actually had a flaming guitar last year. Wow. wow. Yeah, I performed Gaga's "Mary the Night," and I was like, if I'm gonna do this track, I'm gonna it's do justice be on to the music fire. video. <laughs> oh, that yeah, and I was just awesome. feeling very connected to to that song, and I wanted to set an uh, old rolling guitar that uh, wasn't plugged in for the sake of playing it, which I can yeah. get by on piano and guitar. But we'll get into more music um, in a bit. But um, I wanted to bring a theatrical element because I love the the guitar at the end of that particular track and it starts off the album Born This Way. Yeah. And I wanted to set a guitar, not on fire, a but spark, but sparkling. I'm like a half pyro. Yes. Sparklers aren't flames or kerosene. No, or, they're fun. They're but they're contained. still dangerous yes. and I'm well rehearsed. Yeah. They, sparklers are actually the leading cause of... Uh, it burns, I think, right? Yeah. So the like, metal I'm, ones yes. are. Yeah. I use the fountain sparklers, yes. the little short oh, rockets. Okay. Um, I tested out my original act actually using the metal ones, and they're very dangerous because they will burn you afterwards. They'll burn you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where to put them. So I perfected the act um, the way Throwing I Throwing it away. I'm, I'm not going to give away all my secrets. No, no, don't. Um, and I um, have a wonderful relationship with the Windsor local fire departments. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've done this act over 60 times now in the last three years, and um, I've successfully done it every time uh, inside venues with consent, outdoor shows, um, underneath nice. the fireworks on fireworks night at our friend's big fireworks oh. party. And I, I pride myself on my musical theater background on being well rehearsed and safe and keeping myself and everyone involved. Mm -hmm. Every nice. piece of tape is laid down. Every chord is covered. I'm very to a T with my musical theater roots. Well, yeah. that doesn't sound very fun. Everybody's safe. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but also it is fun because Safety you go through fun. all these things yeah. when you do certain musicals. Like you get to then go through all of these like, okay, safety check on this. 
this person coming down from the stage on what they call a fly check. It, I like the process of doing all the checks yeah. as well. I'm very much about the process as much as much as the actual like the performance. performance. Yeah, just whenever somebody says, "Hey man, be safe," then I always say, "What's the fun in that?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, why I do what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, dude, uh, like. You, so you started with the Rocker Horror, uh, what is it, Rocky Horror? Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, so doing the screening and then a drag show produced every year uh, starting October 21st, 2017. Sweet. So I want to know before that, man, how did you get into entertainment? Like what was well, like what was that leading and why up drag? to it? And so yeah. here's, here's the whole journey. Um, I started out in my, my, my I'm a proud, uh, a, t a couple notes I have I want to share with the, with this new audience. Um, I have Italian-Hungarian background, but proudly raised predominantly Italian, but very lucky to have a uh, Hungarian grandmother that taught me and my cousins a lot too. And um, I'm third generation uh, Italian, so I'm very grateful specifically to my Nono coming over in 1957. And then um, uh, meeting my Nona at Nona. the old um, the old Tetonia Club, which was the old German club right by Remarks on Eugenie uh, and Alf Howard. And six months later, they headed off and they got married. Wow. And my Nona uh, resided over here then from Michigan. And um, uh, my Nono worked very hard laying foundation for the majority of the city and uh, working at University of Windsor for 37 years. Wow. Um, so um, I'm third generation and um, I started out playing the electric organ in their, uh, in my grandparents' basement. My Nono built mm -hmm. his incredible home out in LaSalle that I've had so many wonderful memories and uh, creative moments also and played the organ in the basement since I was about age five. And then um, it was thanks to listening to Smooth Jazz V98.7, an old jazz radio station stateside, yes. that I really oh, got I to hear um, Gladys yeah. Knight and Shaka Khan and, and, and Sade and Kenny G changed everything oh, for me with, with Alexander Zonchuk. So yeah, Alexander. Uh, I've seen him many said, times. And yeah, he's that? A, he was a, the flautist, a jazz, oh, jazz really? flautist. Flutist, yeah, or flautist, however you yeah. say it, but yes, he, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like amazing. And that him and Kenny have been best song. friends, like two peas in a pod for yeah. their whole career. What introdu who introduced you to music at a young age? For me, my, gran my, my grandparents played a lot of vinyl in the basement, so I, I grew up on all the Italian greats, like Vivaldi. I heard all oh, wow. the Four Seasons, every movement. I remember that CBC oh, commercial. God. Remember the stroke commercial with the, the words going on the screen to the mm. winter theme of Vivaldi? I remember that vividly yeah. as a kid <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to that a thousand times and I'm like age nine, Yeah, you know, but they played a lot of, a lot of vinyl. And, um, I, I really credit to just my family being playing really, really good music on the radio and radio was a big part of growing up. Um, whether it was at no, no, Nona's house or in my, my, uh, my family household. And, uh, it was listening to the sounds of Sade and Shaka Khan and Kenny G that I was like, I want to pick up saxophone. Yeah. So I did in grade seven, uh, carried into high school, studied, uh, in concert band, but it was jazz band that really, took off like uh, playing the American songbook and learning about all these great artists you know Duke Ellington Ella Fitzgerald Billy Strayhorn are you from Horn. America are you from Michigan are you from Michigan no I'm from Windsor I grew up in South Walkerville okay yeah right by good old penalty box they teach like American <laughs> music you were saying but that's, American the, music? But that's the beauty of Windsor in our history yeah. radio is like, because we have get a lot of American roots. music over here I'm not from here so I didn't from? I did, I'm from Ottawa originally so oh, I didn't get a lot of American so the Tim Hortons the Tim Hortons didn't open till noon on the weekend yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah drive through I went to the Blues six. Festival like 10 years ago and yeah. nothing was open before 
a.m. No, yeah. I, I got off the Greyhound. I was like, uh, I guess I'll starve. Can I just until... have McDonald's somewhere, <laughs> please? <laughs> that so, was an open either. Yeah, <laughs> Sean. So a little background about Windsor. We are basically a little Detroit. Yeah, we are super Americanized over here. I'm sure, as you know, yeah, living for here sure. for the last little while. So, but it's been like that forever. So all of our radio stations, uh, like if you couldn't afford cable and you had to have the antenna, all of the TV stations American, were American. Right? Yep. So, um, like, yeah, man. And I mean, those super popular songs, like you know. I, they still teach the Beatles in music class and stuff mm. today, right? So yeah, we, we also we have had many... hot cross buns, man. We did the little hot I mean, cross. Yeah, we learned that when we started <laughs> playing the front. I remember recorder. T- sorry, recorder was my first. Yeah. I still have my original yeah, recorder as well. You have your original recorder? I do somewhere. Oh, oh yeah, it's no in storage. Way, yeah. Oh, no absolutely. Way. My tuning fork, my recorder. But Windsor has amazing credits also in regards to um, um, track uh, credits when it comes to composition of of the of pieces from Motown. Mm-hmm. Stuff was written in, and recorded in Windsor. And we need to highlight that history, that legacy again, because uh, we had some amazing things that also transpired here in Windsor. And I mean, like we go back to Jackson Park, back when the bomber was yeah. still there. Yep. Um, it's amazing bomber? to think that we have gigantic this, this gigantic bomber two, from one of the world wars that's being restored. Yeah, now there's two little planes there. It used to be yeah. one ginormous plane. They thought really? it was a good idea to just stick 100 rivets in it and leave it to sit there for decades. I mean, as a kid, we used to touch the wheel. Yeah. That was yeah. the thing as a kid to go yeah. to Jackson Park. But it's amazing to think that like Michael Jackson and Diana Ross performed in Windsor at Jackson Park for wow. Emancipation. Wow, really? Uh, for Emancipation? Yes. I didn't and, even know that. And, That's and incredible. And the band shell behind Kennedy uh, uh, High School in the football field was used as well. Wow. And Sharon Sonny spent, I think, about six weeks at Brentwood Lottery when they put together their duet, their, their, their duet show. Wow. Like, we have so many either. amazing credits in this city, and people just don't, they don't people know. People just don't know it. It's yeah, really man. cool stuff. That's so that whole Jackson background. Park area... Uh, I also think Kennedy's so cool. It's like a Hogwarts waiting to happen as soon as you <laughs> yeah. know, they shut it down. But um, I know things like the band shell behind Kennedy. A lot of incredible people in the community have been trying to get that band shell used again because our downtown stage at the river is fantastic. Yeah. But when you have a gem, you know, dust it off and use it. Yeah, So, I, I mean, there's a lot of history just mm. in that one part of the city awesome. yeah. for performance and music credits. And radio. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, you started like listening to these old records and stuff and then classical what, on vinyl specifically. What yeah. was high school like? <laughs> Were you in like, you must've been in drama class. Oh, I was. Yeah. I still love yeah. my drama teacher. Shout out to Miss, uh, Spitzrow, Laura Vidler. Thank you for everything. And she always said, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. That's yes. Late. And it's words. It's I, it's my words dad I live says by. That. And yeah. I had a great music teacher and, uh, shout out to, um, uh, Brian Raysback who used to run uh, theater live here in Windsor, uh, that production company, um, shut down after 25 to 35 years. We did, uh, we were the first, uh, company in all of Windsor to ever do Les Miserables. No other company in Windsor. There's people on Broadway that haven't even done Les Mis. Mm-hmm. It's the grandfather of theater next yeah. to Phantom and uh, kind of like the mom pa. And so wow. um, we got to do that show and I got to know Brian Ray's back through uh, him being my grade nine teacher before he, um, he retired. So it was really amazing to go to Catholic Central High School and work with some great people before they retired. Awesome. So I had really great mentorship. I love my teachers. I lucked out. Everyone's like, why didn't you go to Walkerville? And all due respect to Walkerville and WCCA and everyone that runs it there. But I had an amazing experience at Catholic Central High School. Yeah. And I'm really, really grateful for nice. it. That's good. So where did the drag come in? Let's get into that. So, so obviously the musical theater, you know, the background in theater production. And then now we're we're fast forward here. We're a drag queen. Sorry, Windsor's premier. 
I'm I'm fluid. I'm happy with drag queen. Is that okay to I'm say that? I'm drag queen, yeah. rock yeah. star. Just don't call me late for dinner. I'm good. <laughs> I, I have people call me so many things. Oh, sup, sup dude. Hey, girl. G-U-R-L-L-L-L-L. You know yeah, what I mean? We spell it differently in the gays. Um, <laughs> it, it's a different implication of, of the way we spell words in gender. But I'm flu- I'm fine with anything. Just say it with love and don't call me late for right? dinner. My Nona would be mad. <laughs> but I understand other people are fighting for their identity and for the, uh, to be asked to pronouns but for me it's very music biz for me i have so many nicknames prior to disco that um there's a handful of people that still call me these nicknames from high school and from theater that like i think it's all very music industry rock star disco to have go yeah to have these nicknames you know and so i just respond mostly to my name now but i'm fluid with whatever people say with kindness okay i'm all asking other people to be respected for by what they uh, they ask to be called but it was the musical theater that then began my journey with Theater Live, and then I jumped into Migration Hall. Um, uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the one company I did one show with, um, Theater Ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then I jumped into Windsor Light, and it was 2017, and I just did a production of Jesus Christ Superstar with the amazing John Luther. He's a wonderful director from Detroit. He's directed- Was that here in Windsor? Yes, it was at the Chrysler Theater. I was oh, doing cool. all of my shows through most of my companies yeah. that I collaborated with was through the Chrysler Theater. We did some stuff out at Migration Hall, uh, Cortisone Theater. They do wonderful panto, comedy, skit theater. We did Star Warped. It was Star a really great Warped. Christmas. Ca- yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was good. It was way better than the Star Wars Christmas special. Don't worry to all you fans out there. Okay. But um, uh, we did, I, I, it's nice to do not just serious stuff, but not just comedy, but kind of celebrate the whole umbrella of, of the genre of theater and singing live and acting mm. and learning numbers and dancing and singing while dancing. I don't have a background in those things. I'm self-trained vocalist, um, choirs, c- choral, um, uh, ensembles. Um, I don't have like an official degree or anything. I've just yeah, spent my whole life being fine. a student and working at it. Those are entertaining. It's kind of like chef or it's kind of like cooks that, you know, cook for over a decade after you put in a certain amount of hours, it kind of counts as your red st- or blue seal, or seal right Degree, after you put in like diploma, 10, 20,000 hours. 10,000 hours is actually right, what exactly. they say. And I definitely, at this point, through rehearsal, multidisciplinary, I have 10, hours. more than 10,000 hours yeah. of different things combined, not yeah. just one thing. But the hours of singing, probably, absolutely. 10,000 hours in drag, by the way? Uh, you maybe, think you've been in drag that much? Well, I'd have to count the time from the moment I'm done my paintbrush and my painting to the moment. Maybe in six years, I can't say that because if a gig is anywhere from two two to three hours, but mm. it's the process of putting it on and off. So if that time counts, maybe. Might count. Maybe it does count because there's a process before and afterwards. Yeah. But it was doing all of those, um, it was doing all of those companies. And as I was going about and shopping and fell in love with thrift and, you know, getting old magazines and ripping out pages and being like, I'm inspired by this, I'm inspired by that. You know, mm-hmm. old catalogs of Vogue, doing research. I shared before the interview, I collect eyewear. Yeah. I'm wearing this fabulous pair of rose-colored glasses <laughs> that pretty fabulous. much everyone yes, in the city, uh, Sasha's now known me for a few months, and he's seen me in nothing but these rose-colored glasses. Yes, really? every, every time I see him, he's It's part of my iconography, That would be fun though. to be known as the person with the rose-colored glasses, <laughs> yeah, too, right? It's become, it's become part of my iconography, and I love the power. Iconography? Yeah, iconography. I have never heard that term like, before. Me neither. It's kind of like if I was behind a, a curtain, and they sh- and they put a spotlight behind me would you recognize my silhouette wow like would you recognize Just breaking it big down bird? to the lowest level would you level? recognize big bird would you recognize carmen san diego would you recognize no um Not you carmen know san batman diego. Batman. that's kind of iconography if you could be acknowledged or recognized by a silhouette or one thing mm-hmm. 
Like they the know, quote. It, like the Joker. I'm take the quote route. Like the Joker. Now I'm quote. talking about yeah. DC. If you're, you see a purple suit or clown makeup with, with a scar, you think the Joker. That's iconography. I see. Okay, so I, I, I love my eyewear and I burn <laughs> Adam and both disco into my eyewear because I have a collection and for me it's a lifestyle. Eyewear is it's badass. Fun. It's fun. Think of your favorite movies. There's probably a pair of glasses that's attached to at least one pair of glasses. Yeah, a character, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so it was when I started thrifting and doing all that. Um, I was getting, I'm starting to get discouraged with a lot of directors um, believing in my talent, but going for other um, uh, people who audition for various reasons, uh, valid in the world of the role and yeah. talent, but also a lot of things geared towards um, ticket sales and uh, you know their job and position. And I was kind of getting to a point where I'm like, I'm tired of waiting for someone to give me the roles I want to play. Also. Um, respect to and absolute love to all women killing it in every single field across this universe and the existence of, of, of our existence. Okay. It was getting discouraging when I kept connecting to all these roles that I would never be casted for because of my uh, visual assumed gender okay. identity. Yeah. And while wanting to empower women to get all the roles or anyone um, of any specific role that it specifically says this person based on culture, um, race, ethnicity, those roles should be upheld and casted those ways. Yeah. Um, even Broadway had a bad habit of, of for an era of time where um, we thought it was, um, uh, they thought it was appropriate to whitewash and that's not appropriate. If a show like Miss Saigon yeah. has certain individuals, you have to cast appropriately. So it was never an issue you of like so? that. Oh, oh no, absolutely. Okay. Ha hands down, absolutely. Okay, okay. So here's my thoughts, I guess. Have you seen Hamilton? Actually you love Hamilton. It, actually I watched it live. It. Um, was it amazing, by the way? I've, I haven't been able to like watch the whole thing. I know there was really? the special, but like I, I've been, had time to watch bits and pieces of it. I've just been one of those things I haven't sat down and watched the yeah. whole thing from beginning so to end. So in the Hamilton, right? Like maybe I'm misunderstanding it is what incredible. you're casting, like your reference to that. But like when you cast a character, are you suggesting like if it's if there's a cultural or eth ethnic requirement, it should be cast in that manner. If the show was created with that intention, if we're talking like Miss Saigon, for example, or one of my favorite characters, um, uh, Christmas Eve from uh, um, uh, Avenue Q, it's an amazing um, puppet comedy show, and the landlord is a pr of a particular um, uh, background, mm -hmm. and we and that role by the people who create the show um, is are allowed to maintained. say we want this role cast. For example. <laughs> Um, uh, John Travolta playing uh, uh, Edna in Hairspray. That is traditionally Amazing. That's a drag hilarious. role. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Historically? Yeah, exactly. It is a drag role. Yeah. And so some roles within the world of musical theater are protected to make sure certain individuals of minority mm. and certain backgrounds and ethnicity okay, I understand are what casted that way. Now. So I respect that, you know, there were so many incredible women that got such amazing roles deserving of it, but I'm like, I'm like, damn it! I want to play Velma Kelly from Chicago. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, Catherine Zeta-Jones, you know, was everything to me growing up watching Zorro. And then when she, my cousin, shout out to my cousin, showing me Chicago right after it came out on DVD, and the film with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Renee Zellweger changed my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I understood vaudeville, which is what I always felt that whole like jazz hands and bare bones on stage and nothing but a sequin dress and singing all that jazz with a chair. And I'm yeah. like, that's it. That's what you want. That's the bare bones of theater for me. Okay. And then 
I just kept getting ensemble roles and character roles and stuff like that, which is amazing. But I'm like, no, I connect with this character regardless of the gender identity. And I want to slay, I want to slay that character. Like a female role character. Yeah, and it happens to be female. And I'm like, okay, let me put this thrifted wardrobe to work. Mm-hmm. Then I was in discussion to take over that um, that Rocky Horror, and then I was able to debut with the most androgynous character of oh, our time. Wow, what a great Dr. entrance! Yeah, Doctor Frankenfurter. Yeah, uh, Tim Curry, and I was like, that's it. And then you the just shoes, kept going the from hair, there. The hair, the tattoos, the makeup. It was just, I was like, this makes sense. That was like your moment, right? Where yeah, I was like, like this, this is exactly what I think. I can do this and I can be the director. I can be the producer. I can mm. market. I can choreograph. I can orchestrate while collaborating with people that I really want to and that I love and trust as well and building a creative family awesome. as well. That's exciting. Very cool. And that's yeah. how I really segue was to harnessing my thrifted wardrobe because I would always be... I've always identified as androgynous, which means I'd have like a, a matrix trench coat, some crazy Versace glasses I got off eBay for dirt cheap, yeah. some boots yeah. from Val- <laughs> some boots from Value Village, um, a beret with some pins in it, and it was this beautiful dance between masculine and f- masculinity and femininity. Yeah. And I just thought I looked and felt badass. That's all I care about. Right. It's man, listen- that that really is all that matters in life, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I just identify as a rock star. And at the end of the day, and I've said the Fuck use it. the term drag rock star because I just like wearing cool shit. Like yeah. this is right. This is my lifestyle. I love doing it. And Not hurting anybody, what man. You're in. I know. Fuck anybody. It. And you know no. what, man? Honestly, some epiphanies that I've had in life is like you only get one life Mm -hmm. so if you spend your life you know trying to fit into society and doing what your fucking parents think instead of just being fucking happy and doing whatever makes you happy because you cannot function at your full capacity if you're fucking miserable yeah no and you know what a wise person once said if you can't love yourself it's a double standard though towards the queer community and women that you know so i happen to have whatever genitalia i have between my legs and i present with facial hair when i'm a couple days not shaved and right. i love myself and i love this i body. wish i could present with facial hair when i'm not a couple days <laughs> shaved. that's what i'm saying i'm over here like i wish i had more chest hair or something right. Get, no, everyone has good there's face. a gay guy out there being like i have way too much chest hair right. and i'm like give it over yeah, here right. man yeah. right. honestly adam you're this guy's sen- been growing that mustache right since i started give it over here let me yeah. take it so but this double standard of like so if i present more masculine or rock star that way i'm a rock star but as soon as i'm a woman or i do drag perceived as a woman that is not allowed you think i'm controversial but i'm just uh, i'm just uh uh, i'm just a rock star i'm just a rock star like like but to to you i look a little more feminine decades ago though we had boy george and grace jones and david bowie and i'm like now that it's drag wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute why are we not mentioning twisted sister oh yes absolutely twisted sister was literally a rock band in drag yes fucking rock and roll and and also (laughs) i'm not gonna take it oh really no, I'm not, not gonna, gonna take it. it. Yeah, I'm not, not gonna, gonna take, take it anymore. anymore. Yeah, and fucking twisted 
this and man. kiss and, and kiss. kiss like yeah. The, yeah and kiss the most hyper and gene simmons is the most down to earth person right um, with the longest tongue in history oh yeah but like Fuck. he's talking interview and like he just has such respect for everyone that does a form of drag and he's like yes this has always been a form of drag i've mm-hmm. just done it in yep. a metal way and everyone yeah. thinks that but i'm a rock star so but i like also to party everyone thinks that yeah, drag is also only like top 40 and although all i want to say this hashtag all drag is valid that's fine. all drag yeah. is valid. I agree. But it does also all go beyond matter. just top 40 or contemporary music. So there there's a whole subculture called Dragula where they do all underground mm. gothy blood contacts. Oh, I've seen that. Like yeah. like bones popping out dragon that's like all special effect dragon. It's its own genre wow. outside oh, of traditional drag race. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. Oh, I bet. And like drag so, you know, obviously I love RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, I've seen every single episode of every single awesome. season. Awesome. And we're very grateful to Ru for My what goodness. he's done through the history and the timeline. Right? And all of that. But I, I see, like, drag as, like, very creative. And drag, like, is drag the definition of drag? Is it only related to, like, a male whom dresses with feminine you know what I mean? Because the then there's like a negative connotation so of what we're drag, looking, right? Because what we're looking at is the history of drag, and we have to go back to we have to go back to uh, um, to Shakespearean roots, mm. where um, unfortunately um, toxic masculinity um, was. Per- I mean, we're still challenging it, but um, during that era of uh, in our timeline of performance, we had men not allowing women to play female roles on stage. Is that true? So men, men were, were pl- men. So men were playing hyper masculinized female and inter- isn't which wow, that kind of I'm like story. you're so straight like- you're going to play a male version of yeah, a woman. You're so straight. <laughs> I just it, it, I'm like that's your definition of the opposite of women. Okay. Cool. That's great. <laughs> you know, that is hilarious though. Yeah. It's just so bass backwards that it doesn't make any right. sense. So then drag was uh, came as an underground um a- a evolution of of the dress dragging on the floor mm. and it started off its mm. roots as gay specifically um um queer queer individuals, we could say queer um, male uh, presenting or male identifying um, uh, as embarking on it in the underground club scene. Um, Then, this is actually a very, very important part of this podcast I do want to talk about. We then go to the Stonewall Riots, um, 70... 1769 it was 1969 i apologize if my brain is off right now yeah it was 1969 judy garland passed away a week prior our gay icon uh dorothy from uh um uh wizard of oz, over, wizard wizard of oz, oz yeah. and which has been it's not that judy was a queer, queer herself it was our community with so many struggles and addition and issues to addiction and substance abuse that we look to judy's um, journey and pre- prevailing all of her struggles. She's an icon to the okay. queer community forever, and okay. these songs mean the world to us. And people like Elizabeth Taylor that lobbied against, you know, uh, Senate when we were now after Stonewall riots, which there were fights within parts of New York uh, with police police brutality now coming into the underground scene, and I the queer community it. saying, um, "Fuck around and find out." Yeah. yeah, you don't think we can fight? Fuck around and find out. Yeah, and there's no other way I can put it. So uh, poke I the like bear, it. poke the bear enough. Yeah. Um, they're gonna fight back, 
And although no one, no casualties were suffered, there was a lot of pain through the Stonewall riots. Then we go into um, the the AIDS epidemic, mm. and it being labeled as a as a queer um, yeah. virus, and people not understanding, yeah. and people going to countless funerals, not understanding what was going on, how it was being passed on, and. Yeah. Um, we like, then have the black trans ballroom scene, which was the black trans community um, identifying that with this additional discrimination, mm -hmm. we have to form our own kind of like club prom talent show meets vaudeville meets award ceremony. And the black trans ballroom scene would then start doing ballroom, mm -hmm. which is where the art of voguing came from in reference really? to- Really? I yes. love Voguing. What? Voguing is its own genre that was made by the black trans ballrooms. Yeah, hilarious. And thank, what made it thank mainstream? Thank you to Madonna. Uh, Madonna yeah, was a Madonna. huge part as well. Yep. And 90s musical <clears throat> culture as well. Um, beat wise, but also visually too. Yeah. And for Voguing, there's five particular elements that make the genre what it is. There's, um, there's um, a catwalk, Ooh. there's duck walk Ooh. when you're down on the floor just on your feet and it's actually oh i didn't it, realize that was actually the name and these this <laughs> and a ballroom also pulled duck. from other genres as well like russian dancing mm. and, oh, and, that makes and, sense. and 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 like there's other genres it pulled from but pop culturally it's had the biggest impact so we have catwalk we have um duck walk we have hand performance whether it's soft or very dramatic yeah. floor performance and then we have dips and spins oh, which wow. is where the modern day death drop evolved oh from oh my god it all comes together that yes, is so the black cool. trans ballroom community is responsible for that's so how a lot of, of of like lip syncing goes like there's a catwalk portion drag was not allowed drag was drag really? was not a category because you'd have to walk a category category is serving face who had the most beautiful face? face. Wow. Category is body. Who had the most, we say, snatched body? Like, mm -hmm. you know, just looking like... like pinched, like per, an hourglass yeah. figure. Or, or f very voluptuous. Yes. And so we'd walk these categories and uh, there'd be awards and prizes. And mm -hmm. um, when people were disenfranchised and thrown out of their house for coming out as queer or, or, mm -hmm. or with a HIV positive, um, there were house mothers house fathers and house parents and just like amazing adults that took in kids off the street got five people together and said we're going to work on choreography and we're going to win awards and we're going to win money and we're going to build a home together mm -hmm. wow. and they would take queer people off the street and they would walk and perform these categories and these competitions where you would battle in these categories yeah. and the sad part about the black trans ballroom community and culture some of the categories would be like, um, category is red carpet eleganza. What would you wear if you were winning in a, an Oscar? Yeah. yeah. And it was sad at the end of an award, awarding to the house or the person that won, um, because they also knew that that would be the only place during that time Where that that fantasy that dress or that would outfit. come to, they would never win an Oscar. Well, so it was fulfilling in yeah. their own domain. Yeah. Now we have incredible trans individuals winning these awards. Yeah, and we've broken the glass ceiling of ballroom being a wishful hope mm -hmm. where you go home and you win, you win the award and the money, but then you'd cry yourself to sleep knowing that you'd never go in public and be casted to win an Oscar yeah. for a movie. You would yeah. never be acknowledged as trans if you were trans, right? Or couldn't afford any, any surgery. Mm -hmm. um, and you just wanted to go as now a fully realized woman physically mentally emotionally you just want to tap the shoulder of a handsome gentleman in a suit and he says <laughs> oh excuse me ma'am excuse me miss and that's all a trans woman 
would want in their in their in That's her bad. life yeah. yeah is to be acknowledged for who she physically is spiritually and mentally so i wanted to take a moment to share that so thank you for letting me for for sharing that because it's inspired so much of, of everything that we do and everything that i do and during the pandemic i went back and i watched the incredible documentary paris is burning okay which talks it was 45 minutes to an hour documentary that talks about everything I just talked about and everyone should watch Paris is Burning there's incredible TV shows Ryan Murphy who did American Horror Story did an incredible three season show called Pose okay. which talks about the 70s to the 90s AIDS epidemic and black trans ballroom scene in wow. parts of New York and then we have an uh, amazing show called Legendary which is where houses that are now over 40 years old like um, um, drag houses yeah what are the original founding drag houses uh, House of Lavasia that's it uh, oh, and then House of um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they've all obviously spawned off. Yeah, we have a, a House of uh, House of Gucci, House of uh, of Lavasia, Colby, um, uh, Colby uh, as our new American. Uh, don't uh, sorry, I don't want everyone who no! just sorry. Uh, sorry, no, Chico, no! sorry, she's sorry. My bad. We we have an icon that was just on this season of Drag Race. So, Sorry, I, I I'm not used to talking spoiler to people. Spoiler alert! No, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, so you know what? I knew it. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I knew so she was gonna be good. We have people oh, that are now so part funny. of long-standing names and houses in the world of drag. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now actually, um, going on drag race and being like, you know what? I do have something to lose, but by going on, I'm having so much to gain Exposure, through how I connect right? and connecting with the community and the younger generation. And, uh, we have people that have things to that, you know what I mean? It's like, we have billionaires that are like, Oh, I'm going to go to the horse races. And it's like, well, why? Right. Yeah. Kind of metaphor, but it's not about money. I'm just saying, no, like, why I, would you go? And some of these artists are like, no, cause visibility is important. And I'm I a trans icon. Yeah. And I'm gonna go and do drag race to be able to be a tool for learning well, to and me, for growth of my legacy. That's the peak of that that form of you know entertainment or art. You know, as similar to professional sports, have the top being the NBA, the NHL, the NFL. Like, I guess maybe I'm wrong, but RuPaul's Drag Race is like the peak of drag performance at least in the u.s on a, on a public on a public right? level and a media level absolutely because yeah. then uh, after the trans uh, the black trans ballroom scene emerged with with ballroom which rue wasn't necessarily part of but he used to go to all the shows yeah then he got into talk daytime talk show and radio he met michelle michelle visage yeah and then they stayed friends for many many years and then um they partnered and then um uh, eventually, Michelle was doing uh, Drag Race with um, all the original producers, and uh, Rue became supermodel of the world, right? With original music, you know, drag queen that sings. Yeah. I I sing as well, okay, and, and lip sync as well. Ooh. And uh, then we got to a point of of now becoming pop culture, and it's yeah. on every media streaming yeah. show. Yeah, isn't that it's awesome? A, it's important because it's becoming the norm, right? We're, we're abolishing fear. We're what, like sixteen fucking seasons into this shit, right. now? and and all the spinoffs, like right. you know, and all the There's countries. Like so now we have all the way from Australia to UK. Europe to wow. Phil yeah. Philippines to to Mexico. To I'd want to see an Asian one. Uh, we do have the F Drag Race Philippines. Okay. Uh, we also have another one that Manila Luzon. Some some Manila. particular. Drag race stars 
that are like of different culture and ethnicity are now becoming the judges of those versions because oh, wow. Rue can't do all of them. So he goes to the icon who happens to be Filipino. And like then Brooklyn. And then the Brooklyn one. for Canada, Brooklyn Heights, who's yeah. our pageant queen, queen of the North. So he's going Woo! to all of these icons. <laughs> she's great. Yeah. And she's gorgeous too. She is. And, she's go and Rue's going to all of these icons being like, would you host the Philippine? Would you host the Belgium? Would you host the Me the Mexico? Yeah. Would you do? Would you as the icon and the recognizable drag entertainer of your yeah. culture? Would you become the judge of your show? And most of them have always said yes. And now we have wow. the icon that Rue sometimes had on his show now running that franchise, Drag Race Mexico in oh, Mexico. Interesting to respect the cultural aspects of the weekly challenges the humor yeah. the subcontext it's also a fantastic business opportunity for oh absolutely Rue's oh, like I'm yeah, not stopping well, this machine I'm saying you now have markets that are local and you're just you're just growing so, within your local market so yeah. to bring it back to the question with drag I was born in 2017 which was um, within the start of the drag race circuit era if we're looking at the whole time since black trans ballroom to RuPaul being supermodel of the world drag race coming out in 2009 okay. I was born in 2017 which is when we started to see people booking drag race people ready to tour. There were enough seasons of drag race under the belt yeah. of the industry from 2009 to 2016 that we were starting to finally see um, local um, individuals or promoters or agents or entities booking these individuals to come yeah. and allowing local talent to open up so the local talent could get paid tipped but then the artist that's being booked the drag race star quote unquote yeah um would then bring in sales to expose the local talent and i'm very very grateful for that era please yeah. i i've opened for dozens of 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 entertainers my first person ever was kimchi from season eight really yes that's fun. and my first cool. like backup dancing dance, by the way unfortunately. two shows backup dancing in <laughs> yeah two shows backup dancing in london um and uh with, with some drag family. And then it wasn't until uh, uh, June, uh, Polish Fest weekend in Windsor. We do Carousel Nations. Okay. It was Polish Fest Friday that I opened for Naomi Smalls. Ooh. 600 people sold out at the wow. Capitol. So and I alone sold about 50 tickets. That fun? Oh my God, it was incredible. Man. Naomi the Smalls is gorgeous. But yeah. I mean, at the same time, as grateful as I am for that era, once pandemic hit, I got to a point where I'm like, drag race winners or stars are amazing and it's a wonderful avenue but i also have incredible legends like safonda cox from toronto she just came to do pride she was uh doing a, a show okay. um, on the friday at another event center while i was performing at the same time so i missed her you know two people being badass at what they're doing we got yeah, booked at the same not, time you know? she was somewhere else i was at lansbury park i've done six years worth of windsor pride and three years worth of chatham pride now okay. and nice. I'm at the point where like my 70, 1700 followers, 1500 of them are people that I've interacted with. I've taken pictures with. They, I, I know them like uh, yeah. having a personal interaction. I see them out and about. They, if I'm in and out of drag, I'm recognized everywhere I go in the city. It's not just 2000 people internationally that like me because they like me drag or they find my drag, um, happen to find my drag sexually enticing in or out of, or me yeah. sexually enticing in or out of it. People love what I do for what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I've built that up very slowly versus like people that buy followers or people that end up having an exponential um, amount of followers because people like certain things about them, whether finding them, you know, attractive in or out of drag or um, 
particular things. It's nice that people love me for what I do yeah. Yeah. and buy tickets because they love what I do. And yeah. that's why I feel like the potency yeah. of my social media is people that are ready to come out and support and buy tickets and not just we love what you do, but then no show. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. It's probably very like fulfilling. It's, it's a smart business strategy. You know I recommend that? to everyone, please take the time to build, do the handshakes, do oh, the yeah. pictures Kiss after the, the show. Yeah. Have the, <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of my best conversations have been having a beer at the bar after everything's yeah, put away. Yeah. And real life conversations of people being like, I didn't understand it. I have a, I have a niece. I have a nephew. I have a, whoever yeah. in my life, um, some sort of relative. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand what them transitioning. I don't understand what their identity. I'm confused by gender. I'm confused by pronouns. And just take a time. And if whether they're, you know, they want to share or split a drink or cheers a drink or they're sober, take some time after the show and you never know the impact you can have on that yeah. person. And yeah. I have so many people being like, you made me get it. And that makes me feel amazing. Wow. That's that awesome, makes me man. feel amazing. Yeah, that is awesome. So, um, yeah, I was born in the 2017 circuit. And now I've been, you know, been directing and producing my own stuff, hiring local and surrounding talent. Yeah. And I've not yet booked a Drag Race entertainer. And I put on some of the biggest events that have not had a Drag Race entertainer involved because I believe in people in your community showing up for you first yeah if absolutely. you build that relationship if you build that relationship nice. so i i'm wondering have you ever uh, like applied to be on that drag race show i've applied Ooh, multiple times of course multiple <laughs> times. but i mean i wear colossal footwear like i like i'll even show you like i have like hey listen uh, we had a champ win or wear flip-flops this is what? true. Yeah, there was a what? champ who walked in on her first uh, episode. She was wearing flip flops. Oh, absolutely. She ended up winning. Yeah, like, season, again, so. all drag. Footwear doesn't even matter. All, all wow. drag is valid. I'm just saying what I do is very. I, I kind of look like a gay T Rex when I'm all done oh, up sometimes. Like okay. I have colossal. <laughs> I have a lot of colossal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I know the audience at home can't see, but this was just like a very stripped down. Uh, look at um a, a night that i was um you're showing uh, me you're stripped down uh, no stripped down like i was bare bones but i had my yeah. 13 inch platforms oh, on those, those are 13 things. inch kiss destroyers and it was a paint night so i was okay. a model for a moment oh, so i was yeah. just fixing my hair but like i wear like you know eight to 13 inch heels i would say i'm probably the most well-trained entertainer when it comes to footwear in the city um i wear things that are an average of like a six inch heel and i can full out dance and i'm like plus yeah. 200 pounds yeah. right if i go down i'll go down so can i'm you death well drop and like do your splits and stuff uh, like that I can yeah. get physical with my performance. I don't do splits or death drops. That's and fair. my first death drop will be my last. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hardcore, man. I don't know if you know what a death no, drop I don't. is. But give I can kill a death or a description of a death drop. So What's basically your you're wanting to land on your back while your one leg is cocked, like kind of like drawing. You know how the number four could be drawn the old way where it's like connected yeah, not yeah, just yeah. the not yeah, just yeah. the fork with the oh so basically like your leg your leg crosses under and that way you got uh. you guide yourself because we go back to the black trans ballroom scene uh, with dips and spins it was about using that back leg to then get to, to stop your fall by making it look dramatic but not hurting your body uh, so now death drops have got to a point though where we don't see <laughs> the ballroom element of They're guiding it's literally i don't want to screw up the microphone but there's literally no guidance just, ballroom down. teaches you to guide your weight falling with the back leg 
Now we see drops directly into the splits right on the groin. Oh, it's craziness. Wow. And, and I mean, craziness. I don't, I, I don't even it's like understand. Gymnastics, like an acrobatic gymnastics, like mixed with a lip sync. It's terrifying at times. Like I worry for performers. And stuff. They oh, get, man. they go on bar stools and chairs, and I'm like, I believe in doing your art form, but please be mindful of what you put your body through. Yeah. For a five dollar bill, you want to be able to do this pain free, and I just say if you can work with a local dance instructor. No local dance instructor from like a doctor perspective is ever going yeah. to say, I Death want you to harder. do this. They're just going to be like, you're stubborn. I will teach you how to do this yeah. the safest way possible. Properly. And so, I so highly you, recommend to watch videos or have a dance lesson with someone before. Uh, and if you're lucky enough, someone that practices Vogue, yeah. they'll teach you how to break your professionals fall. only. Yeah. They so will you, never tell you I encourage you to do this, but they no. will show you the safest way. That's fair. To do, and please, people, stretch before you do these things. <laughs> stretch it out. <laughs> please. Uh, not enough people take time to go into themselves and meditate. It, maybe you say a prayer religiously, non-religiously. You connect yeah, with someone. I fair. always <laughs> connect with my Nona before performances. She's my everything, and I pumped all of her unconditional love and what she awesome. filled me with into my drag and the message of disco, changing the world one disco mirror at a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and I take it people non... I, I, have no, I have no blasphemy to religion. I have no connection to religion okay. whatsoever the story of my uh my name was from uh, an old retail job where we were walking downtown from the keg to villains ironically to yeah. go to karaoke and i was wearing a disco mirror tie i made for prom back in 2010 and i wore my sequin jacket my ruby red aldo dress shoes and my disco mirror wow. prom i bought out i, I bought I all the tiles out of michael's back in 2010 nice. now you can find disco mirrors for like a cent a piece and i paid like five dollars a pack yeah. to finish oh. this damn tie yeah. and uh <laughs> and yeah um my manager looked at me with my other co-worker and looked at me and they both just said disco jesus and I held on to the name from 2014 while I was doing musicals until 2017. It's a pretty fucking cool name. Yeah, and you know what? And you know, there's a couple of people that you know are gonna have like you know him and Hall, but you know what? I encourage and implore people learn to ask a skill like a death drop, but also learn yeah. to ask someone about their name and about what they do yeah. before judging. Yeah. And um, you know, I have long hair out of drag. I also do a lot of wig reveals and you know have crazy wigs too. And uh, I love my stage name, and oh, it's also fun. my reclaiming of my journey. Um, uh, pre Previously to the way I was raised um, yeah. uh, as Italian Catholic and um, uh, taking people to an unconditional um, church of love mm. through everything I do in a non-blasphemous way. You will, you'll never walk <laughs> you away. You will never yeah. walk away unentertained at a disco show. I just, yeah. I'm very, very proud to have um, um, produced, um, directed, and produced the uh, the first drag show to return within the casino walls, which proceeded after the RuPaul show. This is why we set up this whole thing with uh, Caesars, is because I wanted to do a show after the RuPaul show to yeah. celebrate drag we uh, pride windsor essex pride week and i thought what better way on civic holiday sunday most people are off the next day or have an augmented schedule let's put on a local show right after the drag race show happened in the coliseum and bring drag back in the casino walls which has not happened nice. since 2005 wow so really? yeah yep. going well we, we had oh, an impersonation buddy. show that was um uh, directed under the incredible mike lesperance who works at the coliseum okay he's amazing he's done a lot for our community as an ally and producing stuff and you're hi mike uh if he's listening to hey us. mike hey mike and uh thank you for everything that you've done and letting me be able to share the history that you shared with me and um we haven't seen impersonation drag or 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 
artist like personal artistic drive like me creating my own identity but impersonation is another art oh, form I see. Yeah. which every episode which every, like snatch every, game baby snatch game let like, me stop yeah. cut you off before yeah. you keep going Absolutely. about the cosmos because i want to preface it with jessica went yeah and she fucking loved it yeah she came back and was like it's like she was like so ecstatic because he sang he danced sorry oh i'm good with anything yeah, yeah. okay i'm good he sang he danced he got into the crowd, yeah. like got the, and he spoke even, and like got the crowd riled up. And I perform with my dragon creative family, but I, I headlined and speared the show. If I'm going to be head of a show, I'm doing at least the majority of the work yeah. for the yeah. show. Yeah, Jessica came home and was like, man, you have no idea. Like, you should have came. I believe it. The expectation so, was for me to have, hold a party, and there were about 600 people uh, attending the yeah, show at Cosmos. And so it was over 10% of the crowd from the Drag Race show. 5,000 could be held in the Coliseum, yeah. and I had about... 600 people that were jam-packed all the way in the balcony. At the Cosmos, right? Yeah, Yeah. all the way into the machines. It was incredible. (laughs) And we started the show with a screen drop where I was performing to Silhouette, a light behind me. And then we had a full screen drop to my outfit and the audience lost their mind. I'm like... I was like, when we were having the meetings, I'm like, what am I allowed to do that I won't get in trouble for? <laughs> if I can't set my disco tits on fire because of fire code, yes. unfortunately, disco I respect tits. it. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to do that. Sorry, AGCO and the uh, rules. Well, oh, rules. No, I respect. Thank you to Caesars <laughs> Windsor for all they donate yeah, to. Don't cut me off. <laughs> thank you, Caesars Windsor, to all the you donate you, to um, Windsor Essex Pride Fest and everything in our queer community. But I understand the rules were rules. I'm like, how yeah. can I start the show off or end the show in a dramatic way? So I got creative with them. Um, doing some screen and silhouette work and it dropped halfway through the beginning of the intro I could show you after the interview and it made the audience go on that amazing roller coaster ride that is the way I create art I want to take them on that ride that mm. bore doesn't bore them but kind of brings them down for a second and then sends them up over that hill to the point they almost throw up and then brings it back down yeah and then by the end of it they're like I want to go again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good set list. And that's a good show. You take them on that ride of those peaks and valleys. Yeah. So nice. it was it was an honor to do that. I'm very yeah, grateful. It's my biggest um, collaboration and, and show today. Nice. Thank you. That's so uh, awesome. Yeah. And if I'm going to have Windsor in my stage name, I better be the shit. Okay. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So I've, I've been the first to do a lot of firsts in the city. And I was proud to add that. Returning drag after 20. Sorry. Um, that would have been uh, 18 years. Yeah, because 20, 2005. Yeah, mm-hmm. my math's correct. It's yeah. been 18 years since we've had drag, not in the Coliseum, but in the walls of the casino. Yeah. So it was, it was huge to be able to that do that. That is huge. Uh, yeah. Nice. So, all right. So, uh, so yeah. So that was the Cosmos. That was after the RuPaul show. That was a pretty huge show. Was that your biggest show? Uh, 600 people to date. Um, yeah. I did uh, precede my... Um, my original first uh, drag lip sync battle royale. Yes. Um, uh, wow. You heard of me. <laughs> no, but I wish I no, did. No, and, and I united. Oh, I united uh, ten drag entertainers from here to Sault Ste. Marie across Ontario that uh, competed and battled for a thousand dollars. But everyone was awesome. uh, Tipped very, very well, and cool. uh, that was uh, just about four hundred people at a local event center. And this uh, would show. Uh, exceeded it yeah. so awesome um, as I get more demand I'm trying to do things on bigger scale yeah. and it's just a natural consequence that also a lot of musical artists deal with as well how do you sure. create but I still love uh, intimate settings as well like my Rocky Horror Picture Show at Villains it sells out every year it'll be a hundred plus give or take tickets once it's sold out that's fire code that's yeah. it yeah but I can't move it because it's where I debuted. Yeah. So uh, some things are gonna stay in small venues no matter what. For sure. That's fine. All right, I have a very, very, very important question. Yes. Are you guys ready? Yes. What's next? Ooh. 
Ha. So. Are you prepared? Did you bring your, your pillow for the evening? You might need a blanket too. Yeah, uh, right? <laughs> so for me, I have some reoccurring collaborations within October being the drag of Christmas for me. Um, okay. I've booked pretty much every single weekend privately, publicly, reoccurring uh, events, collaborations through contract. Um, and then we get to Halloween night where I just get to, you know, go to a local comedy club in an outfit and do some fun stuff some and fun cool. just have a night of fun. Halloween night is not about now per performing for me. It's about just having a fun night yeah. and doing whatever I feel with my, my friends and chosen family. So... Um, for me, I'm ready to just continue to bring what I do um, uh, further across Ontario. I'm also ready to, you know, bring it to um, to, to Montreal and, and Quebec. Okay. Um, I, when I go on vacation to places like Cuba, we have direct flights from, from Windsor to Cuba. Yeah. I love, although I'm not necessarily in drag, I always bring wonderful androgynous beach wardrobe and okay. you know we do karaoke competitions and dance-offs and you know i'm a performer even if you you know shave off all my hair on my actual Still real head and if heart. you and you have no makeup you can never take away the the performer in me yeah, i course. believe in conviction and i was convicted i didn't choose to sit at my parents organ my grandparents organ when i was a kid or pick up saxophone or buy that first outfit that led to me doing rocky it called me I would yeah. that called to me and that's why I call it a conviction okay. um, really good book I can recommend to everyone I don't have it with me here today but letters to a young poet okay and Ryan and Maria Rika basically answers a bunch of different people that sent in letters being like what should I do with my life and my art and yeah. and Rika's like look into yourself and ask yourself would you die if you were forbidden to write would you die if you were forbidden to create? Okay. Would Whatever word you want to yeah. replace the word yeah. write with. It's italicized in the book. Must I write? Must I blank? Look into yourself for the answer. Wow. And that's what I keep doing. I look at my inspiration and I'm like, so what's next? Continue to expand uh, across the province, uh, across Canada. Um, eventually, it'd be great to, you know, just do some light debut work safely stateside as well. Yeah. Um, and just continue to reach out to entities and, and make incredible collaborations. I definitely am excited to tour. That's a big dream of mine. A lot of people hate touring. Okay, why? I love the idea of touring and the process. And I get, like I said, checking my sparkler bra before I go out for that moment, making sure it's checked with the headset next to me. Because backstage at Cosmos... I was doing headset work while also hosting and performing. So like I was, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a hypochondriac. I'm just very good at directing, producing communications. <laughs> um, you know, even like I got my laptop set up here and I got notes. Like I'm just, I'm very about my shit Yeah. and I'm very passionate about doing it well, but that's the Italian in me. Yeah. My grandparents and parents have worked very hard. And I'm yeah. talking with my hands. I'm talking with that. <laughs> it's so Italian. <laughs> and I love they it. work very, very hard, so I get to do this. I'm not going to throw this opportunity away. Yeah, for like sure. my Nono That's came fair. over on a boat. He, if you would have went back in the timeline, that could have been the Titanic. Yeah, it could have something. He could have died of a disease. Yeah, that is now curable. Yeah, the uh, like we think that we had hardship, and although our hardship was valid during pandemic, what our grandparents endured, and some of our parents too. Bless you for for your sacrifice. Yeah. Bless you for yeah. for okay. what you've done. So I'm so grateful, and I'm just gonna keep collaborating, and um, I'm just gonna keep being yes and with my attitude. Yes and perfect. Is there anything that you want to like let the people know? Are you mentoring anybody? 
or like is well, there I any share upcoming that I, shows that I, you got? I want to share that you know I am Windsor's leading drag performance artist who is also proudly independent, self-representing. I am not signed or represented by anyone. I'm my own director, producer. I do my accounting. I do um, my emails. Like I, I do it. Like, and I just want to show people that. Although these other options with Drag Race, Call Me Mother, and endorsements are great, mm. please know you can put in the years, if you're willing to put in the first five years to build your career grassroots in, because I performed in Hamilton and Toronto and other places for debuts, but if you look at your surrounding area and you put in those five years, you can get to the point mm -hmm. of being a self-sustaining artist. So then you pull a Sasha Colby yeah, and you go on after you're established. Yeah. And now it's not like you're doing it because you need the break. Yeah. You're doing it to show the world who doesn't like know this, about you. This is who I am kind of And it, I'm not shitting on anything. I don't know if this is being recorded. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. It's, it's, it's still oh, recorded. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so sorry. This sorry. is basically us ending it because I, I thought I was okay, thinking. Cut, cut that last little bit out. Time mark, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, about <laughs> the, blah, 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 blah. So what I'm saying is I want people to... Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. So I didn't know we'll this. Just cut love that you, out in post production. Thank you. Oh, that's <laughs> totally you. cool, man. Look, she's already editing yeah. too. No, but like, I want people to believe in all options and all roads. It's wonderful to audition for any opportunity with a production company, even touring or like or or Broadway or um, a TV show. Mm -hmm. Please don't feel those are the definitions of art or the definitions of success. May my journey. And all the entities I've, I've worked with and being the first person to now collaborate with a billion dollar company, Caesars Windsor, yeah. with intention of landing Las Vegas, Caesars Las Vegas, yeah. you know, and that would, that's a goal. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I never even put those two together. Oh, yeah. yes. You could definitely that's get some goal. shows yeah. in Vegas. That, that's that wicked is, awesome. That is a goal. Absolutely. Please know if you're willing to put in the work, all roads are on the table. Yeah. All options are on it. the table. Don't think that if you don't get on a TV show or a produced opportunity, that that's the only way. Yeah, Our, I, my, I come from yeah. an Italian background, and my my grandparents worked very very hard their whole life, and I'm very proud to be at the sixth anniversary. You're really defined by your first five years of your career. Yep. And now I see everything to ten year and beyond. Yeah. Good for you, man. Congratulations. Thank, thank yeah, you. Seriously. I really appreciate that. I think that's a yeah. good good spot to good end on this. I would say off, last man. thing. Uh, just plug the socials. How can Absolutely. people get a hold of you? And uh, we'll finish with that. Thank you. You could find everything. Um, a, a big a posting for stories or, or wall posts as well. Um, at Disco Jesus Windsor on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and always welcome to email directly to at Disco Jesus Windsor at gmail.com. Awesome. Perfect. That was fun. Yes, this was awesome. Thank Wrap you so up. much. This is thank this you. Is, Thanks, guys. This yeah. is what uh, was today is a Wednesday, right? Yep. This is what hump days are about. Yes. <laughs> I love Perfect. it. All right, man. We're out. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.